We're going to do our scripture reading sitting down, and you're welcome in advance. Um, welcome to church. My name is Josh. I am the preaching pastor here. So thankful you're here with us this morning. Uh, wanted to do a quick uh, announcement on top of all the other announcements you've heard. Uh, but this is a cool one from yesterday, more of a testimony than an announcement. So we have some really cool numbers to share with you from yesterday's Thanksgiving meal giveaway. 940 meals served out of this building yesterday. Praise the Lord. Just south of 1,000 meals, right? I was really hoping for 1,000, but you know, just south of it. It was cool. 118 contact cards or connection cards were filled out by people in our neighborhoods, some of which are here with us this morning. So praise the Lord for that. Very cool. And then we had 10 countries at least represented uh, in people, that, people groups that came out. So that's a huge praise to God. We are just thrilled with everything that God did yesterday. Countless conversations to the glory of God. It was one of our best events in church history, maybe, maybe one of the top five for sure. Uh, but God was at work, and I just, you'll be hearing a lot more about yesterday um, in the days to come. But thank you so much to everybody who served. Thank you so much to everybody who blessed and just gave themselves over to the food ministry. Jesse Knighton was here at 8.30. He gave a really cool testimony. Um, but I will do my best to sub for Jesse. Thank you for coming, and thank you for helping and uh, God did a, did a really good work yesterday, so praise the Lord for that. Um, we're going to get to the text of Scripture. Romans 3 is where we're at this morning, Romans 3, and we are in verses 21 through 26. So if you have a copy of God's Word, open it up to Romans 3. We'll be reading verses 21 through 26 for our Scripture reading, and then I will pray, and we will dig right into this text. So Romans chapter 3, verse 21 through 26, starting in verse 21. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance, he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Praise God for the reading and the hearing of his word. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your amazing work that you are doing in our church, that you're doing in our hearts. It is such a privilege to read and hear the word. I just, I just love it. We can read scripture. And hear scripture and be changed by the word. And Lord, that's such a good thing. So God, I pray that you would richly bless those in this house who are already Christians but are not living with a beautiful, joyful knowledge of all that they have in Christ. Lord, would you minister to them this morning? 
God, I pray for those who are not Christians yet, have not jumped in with Jesus yet. Lord, may this be the morning, may this be the morning that they get saved and trust in Jesus as their Lord and Savior. God, we thank you for this text of Scripture. What a passage, what an amazing gift. Lord, may you fill us with the Holy Spirit as we hear the word and preach the word so that everybody gets changed and you get all the glory and praise. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So we are continuing our sermon series called Romans, the Power of God for Salvation. And my sermon title this morning is this, The Waterfall of Grace. The Waterfall of Grace. Uh, Martin Luther, the great reformer, said that this passage, Romans 3, 21 through 26, is the most important paragraph in the Bible. No pressure, Josh. But Martin Luther said it's the most important paragraph in the Bible. He said it is the chief point and the very central place of the epistle of Romans and of the whole Bible. Now, Martin Luther is not alone. John Calvin and Leon Morris and many, many other godly men and women over the centuries have said this is the most important passage in the Bible. Uh, Specifically, Leon Morris is kind of like a Romans ninja commentator. He's so brilliant in his commentary on this uh, passage that he says it's the most important. So here's what I can say with confidence. I can tell you with confidence that this is the most important sermon you will ever hear in your life. Now, I didn't say best, amen? I said most important. You can judge whether it's the best or where it ranks in your sermon listening, but this is the most important sermon you may ever hear in your life. Now, how many of you have ever been to waterfalls before? Yeah? A lot of people have been to waterfalls. We took men's groups up to the Boundary Waters for years And we would do these little waterfalls where you have to hike to the waterfall, and it was really cool and fun. But it was, you know, Canadian slash Minnesota water, you know what I'm saying? And then we've also been uh, to lots of different falls. Niagara Falls, I had the privilege of going there when I was younger, uh, teenage years. I was up there. That was really cool and amazing. Saw it again in my early 20s. But if you've ever been to a waterfall, you know how amazing they are to watch And if it's safe to be in the pool at the bottom of the waterfall, and I just want us to think about this waterfall in particular, Hanukapai Falls. Hanukapai Falls, it is a good and wonderful place to think about on a cold November Iowa day, because this is in Hawaii. Can I get a Hawaii amen? So over... Our sabbatical, we got to go here to this Hanukkah Falls. And this waterfall is straight out of a movie, you guys. It was unbelievable. Four-mile hike to get there, so you had to earn your ticket to see the views you got to see. So it was four miles in rough terrain, very hot. Very hot. Hawaii's hot, by the way. And, and we ran out of water, and we're sweating, and we stink, and it's just like two miles here, two miles here, four miles to get there. But when we got there, the views were the most majestic thing I have ever seen. It was straight out of like Jurassic Park movie minus the dinosaurs, you know? 
So in a lot of these uh, Kauai waterfalls, they were actually filmed for the original Jurassic Park movie, which I know dates me about 30 years. But if you see some of those scenes, that is right where we were. And 300-foot fall, waterfall, coming straight down about 50 feet wide, and it was just the most majestic pool at the bottom here. And, and when Rob Pearson and I jumped in, it was really cold, like really cold, 40-degree water. Weren't quite expecting that, but uh, you, you got used to it real fast, right? And then there was this one moment, like we, Rob and I were doing shenanigans, of course. We were jumping, having fun, acting like teenagers. But then we go underneath the falls, and I, I went to a backstroke, right? I just came off of the falls, and I went to this backstroke coming out, and the, the mist and the haze of the water was, was hitting the sun, and it was refracting in such a way that all I could see was like rainbow. It was just this crazy rainbow. And my worship levels to God were at all-time highs in that moment. I was just praising Jesus. I don't care who was listening to me. I was praising Jesus for the beauty of the waterfall and the pool and all. It was just overwhelming. Can I get a Hawaii amen? Yes. So good. What in the world does a waterfall in Hawaii have to do with Romans 3, 21 through 26? Everything. Everything. And here's what I mean. This passage in Romans is not only the most important paragraph in the Bible, it is a waterfall of grace. It is a waterfall of grace falling on the believer in such a way that you will stand in awe of Jesus, hopefully with um, satisfaction that goes beyond anything you can get in Hawaii. Hawaii is small potatoes compared to the joy of the waterfall of grace that Christians get to have every single day. So this passage in Romans, Paul's been telling us for eight weeks how sinful we are, and it's been very depressing. These have been some of the most discouraging messages in Living Waters history because every week I just feel like I'm telling y'all, you're a sinner. You know, you come back to church, you're a sinner. You come back to church, you're a sinner. Like, how many weeks are we going to get this? Eight weeks in a row is what you got, right? And so it's like this four-mile slog that we're hiking through this, this, this trail of our sinfulness, and we're sweaty, and we're hot, and we're like, we get it, okay? Like, we're not perfect in God's holy sight, and it, it is like, Getting to this passage in Romans 3 is like getting to the waterfall. And you see it, the grace of Christ, the grace of God. And you jump in and it falls on you. Your life changes, right? Because you see the beauty of this waterfall of grace. Now here is the big idea this morning in the text is that faith in Jesus Christ brings salvation to every sinner and leads them to the waterfalls of grace. So the big idea is faith in Christ brings salvation to every sinner and leads them to the waterfalls of grace. So if we build out this metaphor of the waterfall and the pool, the waterfall and the pool are called the righteousness of God and salvation. Okay, you want to think about it that way. The waterfall is called righteousness of God. The pool is called salvation. And that is really what is reflected in this passage a lot. 
the righteousness of God is referenced four times in the passage. And regardless of denomination or religious creed, every human wants to be right with God, swimming in the pool of his grace. I have never met an individual who's like, well, you know, I'm okay if God is angry at me. I'm okay with my sin. I've not met that person who deep down, deep down, doesn't want to be swimming in the pool of God's acceptance. And that answers the question that all people have been asking for centuries. How can a man, how can mankind be made right with God? The answer is the gospel. Genesis, or, uh, Romans 1.17 says, In it, in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. So being righteous in God's eyes comes through faith in Jesus. And when you believe in Christ, you get the waterfalls of his grace. So you might be asking me these questions. What are the waterfalls of grace then, Josh? What are these waterfalls that you talk of? Take me to these waterfalls, sir. The waterfalls of grace are big theological words. And we're going to unpack those words one by one. One theological word that is a waterfall of grace is justification. The word justification is a waterfall of grace. Also the word redemption The word redemption is a waterfall of grace that falls on you in in Christ. And then also propitiation. And you were like, oh, I I was with you at justification and redemption is okay. But propitiation? Propitiation? What? What is that? What are we talking about? It's a waterfall of grace that comes upon believers in Christ. And we'll explain those terms one by one. But I'm going to give you this morning one step. And three waterfalls, okay? One step and three waterfalls of grace. Um, The first point is this. It's a step. The first step for you and for me is to jump in. The first step is to jump in, verse 21 and 22. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. Although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe, for there is no distinction. So in Jesus Christ, there is no distinction between Jew and Gentile, lawless pagan person and moral religionist person. There's no distinction between those two. God doesn't view humans the way humans view humans. God says, I only see the believes and the believe nots. Amen. You want to know how God looks upon humanity? He looks upon the believes and the believe-nots. He knows your heart, whether you really believe in Christ or not. He knows whether you're a believer, you're all in, or you're not. Now, what is that in the metaphor? The metaphor is jumping in. To believe in Christ means I'm jumping in to the pool called salvation, and I will receive the righteousness of God through faith in Christ, and the waterfalls of blessings come upon me almost simultaneously when I believe. So how does God look at the world today? Not like we look at the world. God shows no partiality towards any person He only sees those who have faith and those who do not. Now, this is good news for our world because our world is filled with distinctions. 
we got a bunch of distinctions in our community, in our society, in our social media. We have, we have po- distinctions of political party. Are you Democrat or Republican? Are you independent? Well, we don't really talk about that because we don't want to reveal arguments and disagreements and distinctions between us. What about distinctions of appearance? What clothes are you wearing? What brand are they? How much did they cost? Did you get them from the mall? Or did you get them from Plato's Closet? Or did you get them from the Goodwill? Or did you get them from Salvation Army? Well, those are all distinctions by which we measure out whether or not there is worth or not behind people. What about distinctions of sexual orientation and pronouns? There's a lot of distinctions. People are telling us about all these distinctions that have to take place for you to be with it. For you to be with it. You got to do these things. And it's like, these are distinctions that we don't really even want all the time because God doesn't say that. Distinctions about sexual orientation. What about distinctions about race? What skin tone are you? What country are you from? You know, where, where are, where's your descendancy coming from? We make all these distinctions. What about wealth? How much money you got? Do you have an apartment? Do you have a house? Do you have a car? What kind of things do you have, right? And all these things matter. And these are the things that are bringing stress upon our world and is wrecking our culture. Because you know, the only distinction that really matters in life is whether you know Jesus or not. Amen? Amen? The starting point of distinction is Jesus Christ. God looks down and says, do you believe in Christ. Let's start there. Then we'll have all the other conversations we need to have because the Bible does talk about secondary issues, but it doesn't talk about secondary issues at the cost of primary issue, which is whether you know Christ in your heart or not. So may God give us grace to have conversations with each other that start with Jesus. Start with faith in Christ. Do you believe in Jesus? Because the answer to that will determine a lot of those other issues. We need to start asking it more in our culture, even though it's not necessarily welcomed. But this is the reality of being saved. When we walk through this sinful world and we walk these hikes that take us all over the place and we realize what a broken sinner we are and we realize how broken our culture is when we come to the pool there is no distinction of who gets to jump in and who doesn't get to jump in if you believe in Christ jump in how am I supposed to jump in am I supposed to do a cannonball is it supposed to be big and loud and dramatic and crazy you know like is it that is it less aggressive where you're just like, well, I mean, you know, you just kind of tip, you know, like get like this into the water. Like, like, is that how I'm supposed to go in? I don't really care. I don't think God cares either. Get in the water. Amen. Amen. Believe in Jesus. Get in the pool called salvation. Let the righteousness of God Wash all over you through repentance and faith. So I don't really care how you get into the pool. I just care that everybody in this house is in the pool. Okay. Jump in. If you're going to experience the waterfalls of God's grace, 
you got to jump in at some point. And that could be repentance. That could be praying with pastor after service today. That could be having a conversation tonight with a family member believing in Christ. As a pastor, that's really what I care about the most is that all of y'all know Jesus. That's all I care about, right? So if you know Christ, praise the Lord. If you don't, my heart is for you to just believe. Jump in. You got to jump in. Okay, now, second, we're going to just get into the waterfalls now. If you know Christ, the waterfalls of grace come down upon you when you believe in Jesus. The waterfalls are yours, right? And, and it's really quick. It happens like all in a row. Like you can, you can almost not even distinguish like the waters that are coming down on you. And here's the reality. Almost, no, I would say 100%. 100% of Christians do not understand all of the blessings they have in the waterfall. So many Christians, and I would say 100% of you, and me, I put myself in this category too. When you believed in Jesus, you didn't know what you were getting into, did you? Amen? You didn't know what you were getting into. You thought you knew. You thought, you, I get righteousness, I get salvation, that's really good. But, but over the years, you've discovered, oh my goodness, there's so much more to this. There's suffering and difficulty in walking with Christ. That's true. But I would also say there are so many blessings that you do not know well enough yet that are in your life and the, the waterfalls are coming down on your life and you don't even realize they're there. Or you know a little bit about them. So we're going to talk about these waterfalls. What are they? The first waterfall of grace is called justification. Verse 23 and 24. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift. Justification is a courtroom term. Okay, if you're taking notes, there's a two-word definition for justification that's pretty easy to remember. Declared righteous. The word justification means declared righteous. So justification, according to Wayne Grudem, is this. It is an instantaneous legal act of God in which he thinks of our sins as forgiven and thinks of Christ's righteousness as belonging to us and therefore declares us to be just or morally righteous in his sight. So to illustrate this, justification is standing in a courtroom and being guilty. If you're standing in a courtroom, you're guilty. The evidence is against you. The judge is up there on the big bench, you know, he's looking down at you. And he's saying, well, there's a lot of evidence here. How do you plead? And you say, guilty, your honor, guilty. It is like in a moment, the judge looks at you and says, actually, I am declaring you innocent right now. And you can walk out of the courtroom and you're sitting there like, okay, what are the catches? Your guilt has been taken care of. And your crime has been paid for. You can leave and you go out of the courtroom free. That's cool, right? That's where most Christians end their definition of justification. Forgiveness, innocence. This word has a lot more than just that. This word justification has not only the idea of innocence and forgiveness, but this idea also is this, riches. Riches. 
inheritance. And here's what I mean by that. It's like you get to go free and the judge says, oh, hey, before you go, before you leave, he comes down from the bench, he opens up his wallet and he says, I have thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in this wallet and this is yours. And by the way, you are now my son and you are now my daughter. And you walk out of the courtroom, not only innocent and forgiven, but you walk out of the courtroom rich, richer than you've ever dreamed of being with an inheritance and a security that no one can take from you. That is justification. Whoa. This is the waterfall that we feel as Christians. You should feel this. Not only has God forgiven you by grace, he has given you all that you will ever need in regards to spiritual riches in the heavenly realms. And this is such a beautiful picture. If you've seen Les Miserables, many of you have seen this um, musical. It's one of my favorites. So Jean Valjean, who's one of the, the main characters of that movie, he is a really bad person and he steals gold and all these riches from a monastery. That's how bad he is. He's ripping off a priest. And he goes out, sneaks out in the night, gets arrested. They come back with Jean Valjean to the priest and they say, we caught him red-handed. He stole all of your stuff. And if you say so, say the word, he'll be gone, not only just for a few years, but for life. And you remember that scene of the priest looking and saying, sir, not only is that yours, but you forgot to take the best stuff. And he pulls out all these gold chalices and all these other things. And he says, may you go free. Officers, let him go. May you go free. And may your life be marked by the generosity you have been given. That's justification. God pours it out on his children. And he says, live a life for Jesus Christ. Not because you're just innocent and free, but because I am pouring out my blessing on you. That's a gospel waterfall. Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The second waterfall of grace is redemption. Redemption. Not only justification, but redemption. Verse 24. Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. The word redemption is a commercial or marketplace term. And it carries the idea in the Old Testament of a slave being purchased in order to be set free. So redemption is the idea of a slave being purchased off of the slave market in order to be set free. In the Old Testament, Israel, you might remember, was under the whip of Egypt. And they had no way to free themselves. So they cried out to God. They prayed to God. And God sent who class? Who did God send? Moses, right? He sent Moses. Moses comes, set my, let my people go. All of a sudden, they are redeemed by God and they are set free to go to the promised land. And in a gospel sense, we are all sinners. Every single one of us is a sinner. We are enslaved to our sin without any ability or way to free ourselves. And the, God, the gospel waterfall that falls on us is this redemption, this reality that we all were sinners standing on the slave market of sin and Christ comes and he sets us free. That's good. Now, 
He redeemed us from what? The curse of the law. He redeemed us from our own sinful slavery. And he made us slaves of righteousness. You can read this in Romans chapter 6. When you get saved, you get free. What do you get free into? You get free into Jesus' freedom, right? You get transferred from slaves of sin to slaves of righteousness. To be redeemed is not to go and live your own life however you want. That's not Christian liberty. Christian liberty is to say, I have been redeemed by one who really matters, Jesus Christ, and my life is now his. My body is his. My mind is his. Everything that is about me is underneath the waterfall of redemption. That's good. Here's why it's good. Because when someone really, really powerful takes an interest in you, it can change your life. Here's what I mean. When you find freedom in Christ and Jesus believes in you and Jesus redeems you and Jesus is interested in your body and your mind and he's interested in taking you from the cesspool of sin where you were and now you get to be free in his redemption, all of a sudden life matters, right? Because Jesus believes in me. We live in a culture where people say, well, if you do this thing for me, then I'll believe in you. Right? You hit enough home runs, I'll believe in you. Get good enough grades, I'll love you. All of it is conditional based on performance. Jesus Christ says, I'll redeem you. I'll take you off of the slave market of sin and I will put you into my place because you know what? I believe in you. And if you have Jesus Christ believing in you, redeeming you, turning your life around, your body, your mind, your life is worth it. And by God's grace, you can live in that waterfall of grace. Third waterfall is propitiation. And we'll close with this one. Propitiation. Verse 25. Whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. Propitiation. What in the world, Josh? What are we talking about here? Propitiation means wrath-removing sacrifice. And basically, the idea of the word is this. Jesus' sacrifice satisfied... God's wrath. So this word actually might be more accurately translated mercy seat. So God is the mercy seat. Jesus is the mercy seat. Right? And here's why that matters. It matters because verse 26. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith. Jesus satisfies the wrath of God. He does that on your behalf and mine. And this shows some sort of divine accounting transaction that happens between um, God and man that we couldn't do on our own. Jesus does it by satisfying the wrath of Almighty God. Now, here's a question. Because verse 26 says that God has divine forbearance. He passed over former sins. And that leads to the question like, okay, how did God justify Old Testament saints Right? Without this propitiation, this wrath-removing sacrifice, how did God do that? Well, think about it. Abel, 
Noah, Abraham, the Old Testament law, all of these are built on blood sacrifices which would cover the sin of the person offering it. So if you brought a goat to church, or if you brought an ox to church, or if you're really poor and you bring a bird to church, the blood of the animal covers you, and that is the reality of your life. Every year, on Yom Kippur, at the Passover, the high priest would enter in the Holy of Holies, and he would offer the blood sacrifice on the mercy seat, or the propitiation, in order to cover all the people. For one year. For one year, the high priest would go in and the people of God, Israel, would say, okay, well, sins are covered. For how long? One year. Until we got to do it next year. Wow. Now, what does that all look forward to? Someone who's going to pay the ultimate price. How do we illustrate that today in today's Western secular 2022 world? Gas stations and Amazon. Gas stations and Amazon. Come with me on a journey, okay? Come with me. Here's what propitiation means. When you go to the gas station and you pay at the pump, no currency is exchanged when you stop at that pump. Zero. You flash a card up on a little scanner and it scans your card information and basically what you're telling the gas station owner is... Hey, I'm good. I really need this liquid fuel to go inside my car so I can go places. But I'm not actually going to give you anything today, but I'll pay it back later. Let's go to Amazon. No currency is exchanged in Amazon. You, you have your card loaded in your account, and you order stuff, whatever you want. It's like this marketplace. Have you heard of it, Amazon? It's crazy. You can get anything you want. And you can order anything you want. No currency is exchanged. And then real boxes will show up at your porch. <laughs> this is a phenomenal time to be alive, people. This is crazy. It shows up on your porch. And what you're telling Amazon is like, hey, bring the boxes to my house. I'll pay you back later, right? Hopefully. All the Old Testament blood sacrifices said, God, here's our sins, here's our account, here's our lamb, here's our ox, here's the blood. And what we're saying is that this will have to do for now because at some point we'll pay you back later, God. Here's the beauty of the gospel. We won't pay it back later. Only one paid it later. And he paid it to the fullest. That's propitiation. Jesus dies once for all time. And he does it through his own blood. Not even the blood of a bull or a goat or a lamb. Jesus offers his own blood to solve our sin problem. That is a waterfall of grace. I'm telling you. That, yeah, okay. All right. I hear those claps. We're like, we're so Iowa. We're like, is it, is it okay? It's all right. It's cool. But as you're swimming in the waterfall of propitiation, don't think for a minute that the waterfall was cheap. 
It was very costly for you to swim in the waterfall of grace because it cost God his own son. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever might believe in him, whosoever jumps in the pool, will have everlasting life. So, as we close... Are you in the pool? Some of you need to get in the pool today. Like you need to believe in Jesus Christ today. And I would just plead with you as a pastor and as a preacher, we may not get this opportunity ever again. We may not give, God may not give us another week to worship together. I don't know. I just want you to not risk your soul, your eternal soul, by not getting in the pool and being like, well, it's kind of cold and it's kind of, Kind of a pool, I don't know if I should get in or not. Get in! Like, just get in, right? Get saved. You need to get saved today. Others of you who are in Christ, you're you're a believer. Oh my, oh my. We have these waterfalls of blessing all around us every day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You can have them without cost. All you got to do is dive a little deeper, right? Be a little bit more grateful, and feel the blessings of Christ rain down on you. So that's how we're going to close it up. I'm going to pray, and then we'll respond to God in worship. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. So good for my heart. So good for the hearts of our church. Lord, this is the pool of righteousness and salvation, and we can jump in. Lord, would you allow those who are right on the edge of getting saved, would you just move them right into that place where they jump in with Jesus and they repent of their sins and believe in Christ's resurrection for themselves personally. And Lord, be with all the Christians in the house. Lord, may they understand and know all that they have, the riches that they have in the gospel. And Lord, may they feel the waterfalls of your grace just rain down on them. Lord, may you bless them with joy. God, give us grace to respond by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Christ's name, amen. Please stand with us.